everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about estate planning. And this one's near and dear to both Alex and, I, and my heart, just because of different things that have happened in our personal lives as well as in our clients' lives. In 2016, Sherry received a phone call from her husband's employer. And the, what the employer said to her was they had concerns around Brian, her husband's memory. He all of a sudden was not remembering different projects and different activities that he needed to do to get his job done. Now, Sherry wasn't completely surprised by this because she had actually noticed herself that Brian had been forgetting stuff. But this was the phone call that had Sherry act and take Brian to the doctor and see what was going on. After a litany of tests, the doctors came back to Brian and Sherry and informed them that Brian had early onset Alzheimer's. Brian was 47 years old. Now, immediately after that, the doctors informed Sherry and Brian, hey, you should probably go get, if you don't already have them, your estate planning documents set up. Power of attorneys, health directive, Make sure you have these documents set up in place. So immediately after that, Brian and Sherry went and took care of those, those documents. Now, Brian also had done some financial planning. And inside of that financial planning, he had set himself up with a long-term disability plan. What a long-term disability plan allowed or covered him for was should he not be able to go to work, it would replace his income. And so after a couple months goes by after this phone call, Brian no longer could go to work. And that's when this policy kicked in. The policy kicked in and allowed Brian and Sherry for the next several years to pseudo live like they're retired. Now, Brian and Sherry at this time had two kids in high school. And so this policy allowed them to live the life that they were hoping to live at that period of time. Several years went by. Then Brian, unfortunately, health started to go worse and worse. He could no longer go to the bathroom. He would, could no longer bathe himself. He actually didn't know who Sherry was. And so luckily, Brian put a rider on his life insurance policy, or I'm sorry, his long-term disability insurance policy, and that rider is called a catastrophic rider. The rider essentially paid an additional $3,000 a month for the needs of taking when you can't take care of yourself. Helping out with the daily activities of life. So when that money started coming in the door, obviously that was extremely helpful to Sherry because as you can imagine, that type of service is not cheap. Now, I mentioned the financial planning piece. They had orchestrated their investments. They had also put in life insurance in force, and they added a rider on the life insurance, which was two riders specifically. One was waiver premium. This essentially allowed Brian to stop paying the insurance premiums on his life insurance in the event that he could no longer go to work. The second rider that he added. And, and maintain the coverage so that the, the coverage wasn't lost simply because he wasn't going to work. And the second rider that they added enables Brian to convert that life insurance policy to a, 
to a policy that would extend the coverage for a longer period of time. I go through all of this because I want you to imagine being the spouse of Brian or being Brian and not having your plan in place. Luckily, they were able to get these emergency power of attorneys, the health directives, so that they so that Sherry could help her husband and her family, protect her family. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about making sure that we've co- we've coordinated our professionals in our life to make sure that they're all on the same page. Why we should be doing estate planning. And then lastly, we're going to talk about aligning documents in the estate plan with your financial documents. So I know this is a powerful and, and sad story to start this episode off, but it's also extremely important to have these types of conversations. And what's so interesting, Alex, is as we meet clients, like how many different professionals have spoken into their lives in some way, shape, or form about money? Uh, usually, somebody who's in their mid-40s, we're talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 folks. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like You might have a CPA. You might have an estate planner. You might have like an auto and home insurance agent or maybe a life insurance agent. You might have a financial planner, right? You might have a brother-in-law who thinks he knows everything. And I could sit here and go on and on, but just think about it. That was six that I just named in that. How many of those people actually know what your balance sheet and financials actually look like? Well, and like you're also likely going to have multiple versions of those people from having you know been an adult now for- 20, 30, 40 years. And so like, think about it from the standpoint of like, let's just take our CPA, for example, here, right? Like your financial planner might be telling you to do one thing with your money, purposes of tax planning and and whatnot. And your CPA might be telling you to do something else. Shouldn't those two people be talking to one another? Uh, Yeah. And a client or a prospective client came to us the other day and, and was asking for estate planning. Um, and one of the one of the things that this person brought up was everyone seems to say, I can help you out with this, this being a small component and their little niche inside of estate planning. And then saying, oh, all the rest of that belongs to somebody else. It's this professional or it's that professional. And one of the things that it's important for you to wind up doing when you're going through estate planning is to make sure that you have somebody who is championing championing your plan and really taking a broad overview and helping coordinate the CPA, the attorney, all of the various different components so that you end up with one plan, not pieces of four. Yeah, it was huge. You know, um, I, I was at a brewery doing a presentation with an estate planner um, a couple nights ago. And I brought up, like I did my normal, like talking about CPAs, a brother-in-law thinks he knows everything. And then I asked the question like, Hey, how many of those people actually know what your balance sheet looks like? And of course, everyone looks at me with shaking their head. No, they don't. Right. Then I asked them, okay, how many of those people are actually talking to one another? And of course, everyone said no. And then I said, okay, so who is the financial quarterback in your life? Are you the person? or someone else. And so Alex's point, like the big takeaway in this first piece of today's topic is make sure, as Alex said, you have someone that is championing your 
financial coordination with all of your different professionals. Like who's the quarterback, financial quarterback in your life? Like Alex and I do this for our clients, right? Because we understand how this all works. And so we bring in the professionals when we're not the professional and we make sure we're around the same page. Which takes us to, maybe we should have started this, but why do the estate planning, right? So, you know, the biggest thing is, is do you want, do you want the state, the, you know, in this case, Washington state where Alex and I live or whatever state you live in, do you want the state to handle your affairs? Or do you want actually some sense of control of who to handle the affairs in the event of, and it doesn't have to be like death, right? It could be like we started this episode with, it could be Alzheimer's. It could be a, a, a any form of incapacitation. Things. Exactly. I mean, like years ago, I had a client who got sick and was incapacitated and the wife was taking over um, for him. It was, it was an illness. It was much more rapid than the story that you told about Brian. And one of the things that we were trying to figure out was, did we need to go pay an attorney 10 grand to go get, to go to court and get an emergency power of attorney because those documents weren't in place? Um, and in that situation, we wound up not needing it. We were able to go ahead and navigate the system properly, but at the same time, like having control, especially if you wind up living in multiple different States, heck, even if you just do travel to different States, making sure that you have your documents in order, because every single one of these stories that we wind up collecting and having stories of like, oh, here's a tragic example. The, the vast majority of them are folks that, that like it was just super sudden. It was like one day they were totally fine. And, you know, a North, normal, healthy 65 year old or 45 year old or, you know, younger. And then all of a sudden something happened and they weren't the same. And, and so that's, it's important to go ahead and make sure that these documents get put in place, a plan gets put in place and thought gets put to it. And there's really kind of three reasons why to do it. One is control, one is taxation, and the third is flexibility. Which I think we use in every episode we ever <laughs> record. The word is flexibility, right? But, but it's so key, right? So many people, they want flexibility, but they don't build it into their plan, right? They Where they're putting money or what documents they've set up or not set up is what's causing the inflexibility. Yeah. Uh, And like when we talk about estate planning, like predominantly the the first two are really the two things that people talk about, which is control and taxation. And unfortunately, the vast majority of the industry, whether it's the attorney, whether it's the CPA, whether it's the financial advisor, focus on the taxation. And that's really maybe about one third of the conversation. Yes, taxation is important. But really the bulk of the conversation has to do with control. What do you want to have happen to your assets? And as naturopaths, one of your main assets is your practice. So have you thought about in the event that heaven forbid something happened to you and you were incapacitated for a week, two weeks, a month, a quarter, what happens with the practice? Who steps in and runs it? Do we have a document that governs what we want to have happen with it and who steps in and takes over. And is that possible? These are the things to to number three here. You're really getting into it, right? Aligning the documents in the state plan with your financial documents personally and inside of your practice. 
Yeah. And like one, another client, like one of their big things was, Hey, we're on the verge of retirement. What happens if something happens to one of the two of us? Like using the example of Brian and Cherry, like, okay, if something happens, do we have the ability to step back from work? And while Brian is as lucid as he's going to be, take some trips, do some travel, enjoy the things that we know are ultimately going to be taken away from us because of the unfortunate circumstances, but that we're able to enjoy and have the flexibility to shift around the financial assets to deal with like the shortened timeframe. And at the same time, make sure that the surviving spouse isn't then left hanging. Yeah. So you need to really understand who's responsible for what, what beneficiaries on what policy and make sure you're aligning this, right? If you like, for instance, I'll give you two examples, right? If you were re if you were divorced at one point, right? You're married and then obviously you got divorced. You may have listed that spouse at the time, maybe as the beneficiary of your 401k and maybe even life insurance. If you got remarried, and then you ran and you never change those documents and you pass away, you literally have the 401k beneficiaries, your ex-wife and life insurance policy is going to your ex-wife. What does that do for your current wife? And if you have kids, what, how does that, how imagine being that spouse and how, do, what would that do? So it's so important to make sure you're aligning and, and making sure you are addressing and readdressing what your documents say. Yeah, it's just absolutely great. That's actually an example <laughs> from a client of ours who like they'd been divorced for 15 years and they still had the ex-spouse listed as the beneficiary. And they were like, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me that if he passed away, she would get the $2 million and not me? Yep. And there's nothing I could do about it? Correct. Even if his will says, did I get everything? Absolutely. It transfers by operation of contract, not by not by operation of law, which is how the will is 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 adjudicated. So it's it's I hate to use this word, but it's vital to make sure you have your state planning documents set up, even if you're single. Because it's imagine something happens to you. Who do you want taking care of you? Who do you want managing your your financial affairs? Who do you want being able to actually have choice in those financial affairs, like a power of attorney type of situation? Make medical decisions for you. Yep. Uh, sometimes and, it's your parents and sometimes maybe it shouldn't be your parents. It, one, the other thing is, is that like, okay, do we want to name just one person or do we name a bench of maybe three deep to go ahead and help figure out like, okay, under this scenario, it's this person. And if they're not able to or unwilling to, then it's this person. And, and then it is just absolutely critical that you, A, let these people know. I would suggest that you actually get permission from them before you name them. And then B, talk about it with all of the important parties, your professionals, your attorney, your CPA, your financial planner, your insurance people, et cetera. And anybody named any of these documents, your children, your beneficiaries, the grandkids, et cetera, when we just had a situation where the client told us one thing, the 
CPA or the the estate planner, uh, the estate planning attorney, something else, and then the kids a third thing, and then the grandkids a fourth thing, and so now the the daughter was left to try and figure out like how do I honor mom's wishes and figure out like how to pick up the pieces from all this stuff. Make sure that you have a coordinated plan and that that information is disseminated to everybody that is involved. Which takes us to the question of the day. Yeah. And our question today is what is preventing you or stopping you from getting your estate planning documents either A, put in place or B, updated? So head over to holistic-finance.com and there's a spot for you to either answer that question or hopefully that question just gets you, and hopefully the story we shared gets you motivated and driven enough to go get the, go get it done. We yeah, always... what One question that I can almost hear people asking, Ryan, is how often should they update their documents? And? and usually it's about once every five years. Or like major, major life change. events. That, yeah. Major life events. Yeah. Like if you get married, or have a kid or get divorced, don't wait five years, update your documents. Yep. So as always, we hope this episode was valuable. If you got any value out of this, share it with your friends, maybe even share it with your parents. That's a whole nother conversation because you don't know how many times we're having conversations with our clients and they bring up their parents and their parents haven't really set up their estate planning. Uh, arena of documents themselves so we hope this episode was valuable and as always mr collins make it a great day this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax legal or investment advice although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable please note that individual situations can vary Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. The examples provided are for educational purposes only and may not represent the experience of other clients. A waiver of premium writer waives the obligation for the policyholder to pay further premiums should he or she become totally disabled continuously for at least six months. This writer will incur additional cost. See policy contract for additional details and requirements. All riders, including a catastrophic disability rider, may not be available in all states and may incur an additional charge. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ, 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon, 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. 
Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member, FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Berglow, AR Insurance License number 1531912, CA Insurance License number 0K24924, Alexander Collins AR Insurance License number 7264699, CA Insurance License number 0H24806, Pinpoint number 2022142032, expiration August 2024.